How's it going, everyone? Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a podcast. I'm Mac. And this is Joe. Um, as always, we really appreciate you guys listening. It means so much to me. This is the best hour of my week. Hope you guys enjoy it. As always, you know, subscribe, uh, rate us on iTunes, rate us on, on Buzzsprout, send us questions, send us comments. Uh, we genuinely want to hear what you guys have to say, what you guys are into. Um, cause again, like I said this week and what I've said before, Joe and I enjoy doing this for fun. Um, but we also want to hear what you guys are doing and how you guys are connecting. And if, if this is reaching you, if this is a positive thing and, and we want to make this more of a community based podcast, we want to get more, more, we're getting some questions, but we definitely want to get some more feedback and, and we'd love to, to be more involved. So, um, having said that, usual plugs, go to fanboyplanet.com, go to the Facebook page, go to the Twitter page, sign up for the alerts. Um, you'll get a whole bunch of notifications this week. The coverage has been all Comic-Con, basically. Um, if you're interested, um, Derek, who is the editor at fanboyplanet.com, has been at Comic-Con. He's written maybe four or five articles a day on all the panels he's been to, all the sh- all the shops, all the little booths he's been to it's it's a lot of great great coverage uh first-hand coverage that you're only going to get there um so go ahead and check it out um having said that it's been an interesting week so are you ready to go yep let's dive right in um i feel like we need to start with this um some bad news but yeah you know and and i i struggled a little bit with this um as to whether or not we were going to talk about it um this is not a political podcast. Not at all. You know, and we don't want to paint a picture of how we tend to vote or how we tend to view things politically. This is a fanboy podcast. We want to talk about those things. Um, having said that, you know, sometimes those worlds intersect, and that certainly happened this week. Yep. Uh, we are talking about James Gunn. Uh, let me give a little bit of the backstory, Joe, give a little background, and then I'd love to hear what you have to say, because sure. um, maybe not everyone knows what we're talking about. Uh, James Gunn, who is the writer and director of Guardians of the Galaxy, both Volume 1 and Volume 2, um, had originally agreed or been hired to do Volume 3, um, was fired on Friday by the Walt Disney Studios. Um, this comes from a string of tweets he put out about 10 years ago. I'm not going to get into what the tweets, the tweets said or what his comments were. I think that's, you know, probably not something, if you really want to know, you can go ahead and look that up online. Just know that they are pretty reprehensible. Um, not something that we're endorsing, obviously. Um, the way this kind of came about, uh, was from... A certain gentleman who who maybe his political leanings lean towards a certain demographic um, and sort of fished out these old tweets. James Gunn has been very outspoken against amongst the current president of the United States. He is someone who uses Twitter, yes, for social media in terms of sharing his film projects and such, but uh, a lot of his political views are, are voiced on there, and he's definitely gotten some negative feedback about that. Um, Alan Horn came out with a statement on Friday. Um, Alan Horn is the chairman of the Walt Disney Studios, the head of the film studio. So again, we're not even hearing from Kevin Feige. This goes above Kevin Feige. It goes straight to the top. The only person above him is Bob Iger. Um, And it basically said, you know, 
after discovering these tweets, we had decided to end our business relationship with James Gunn. Um, so again, two things here, and I, I don't think either of us want to tell you guys how to feel or what to do. Um, two things. Um, one is these tweets are 10 years old and they have been acknowledged already. Um, Disney, when he was hired for Guardians of the Galaxy in 2012, he acknowledged these tweets. He apologized for these tweets. They are, in his words, meant to be provocative, meant to be shocking, meant to, you know, make people uncomfortable. Um, and he's apologized for these tweets. So to say that Disney is just discovering these tweets is a little disingenuous because they are not just discovering them. Um, so that's a little, you know, weird. Um, on the other hand, you do have to kind of understand what Disney is doing at the same point, what Marvel's doing at the same point. Um, this is a company that, you know, Disney is a large conglomerate. They own several properties, including ABC, which just fired Roseanne over something similar, you know, tweets that were racially insensitive. Um, so again, it's hard for Disney to justify keeping one and not keeping the other. Um, you know, it's Disney will, Disney's bottom line is to make money and to sell movies and to sell toys and to sell theme parks and to sell everything. Um, so they, they will sell that to anybody. So it's, it's hard to just say, oh, they're leaning left or they're leaning right. They want to be very central. They want to keep politics out of it. Um, so it's hard to, to, to figure that in, um, Give me your initial thought, Joe, about what's kind of transpired, because you and I were expecting James Gunn to be at Comic-Con on Friday to basically pump a yeah. note to film, oh, yeah. and, and then he just kind of, out of nowhere, Friday afternoon, this was all over the internet. Got axed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wasn't necessarily aware that Disney knew about this ahead of time, um, so that's news to me. I okay. thought this was something that just got brought into light. You know, like like this, someone had to dig it up. Um, but regardless of that, um, I agree with Mac. We are doing this just for fun. But at the same time, um, if I could just take a moment to offer a warning to people that when you use social media for any reason at all, this has nothing to do with political beliefs or anything like that. But when you, you when one uses social media to voice anything of any kind, you have to be aware that it will get recorded and possibly disseminated, uh, taken out of context. It's, what it, it's permanent ink. Yes, it's permanent. So, you know, like I have friends that like to voice their political opinions on Facebook and whatnot. That stuff is set in stone. It's not going anywhere. And somebody could easily look up something you have said years ago when you're when you're a young person teenager whatever you got interesting opinions you want to spark a debate on something um i i mean i feel bad for them i think i think that they needed to do it i don't really think you can apologize for something like this um i don't know that there's they had their hands were kind of tied in yeah. my opinion um do i think he deserved to get fired absolutely um, I don't think that in the current, uh, you know, we've mentioned this before with other instances in the current climate, uh, political climate that we are in today. Um, this is completely unacceptable behavior. Um, you know, regardless of how old you are, 
like I said, that's that would be my warning to all the listeners, you know, however many listeners we have. Please be conscientious of things that you post on Facebook, whether it's pictures, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, you know, just be cautious of that. That's all. I mean, that's yeah. that, that's my general takeaway of this whole thing is is to just be conscientious of what you post on the internet because it's it's set in stone. Yeah. You know, it's not going anywhere and it can be misinterpreted. It can be judged not how you want it, you know. Uh, regardless of your political beliefs, you know, I mean, Mac and I, we don't always agree on things and that's fine. That's fine. It's totally fine. But, you know, just be careful what you say and what you do. That's, you know, you don't have to stifle originality, but this was not somebody, this had, this had nothing to do with any, anything uh, that was related to his job. This has to do with him kind of poking a bear and I think the bear bit back and sure. That's that's honestly how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I just to wrap it up again. We don't want to spend a ton yeah. of time on this. Um, you know, it's I, I I do understand where where Disney is coming from. You know, it's Marvel Studios is a seventeen billion dollar franchise right now, and they they can't you know can't risk that by maybe having a director who's maybe a little too controversial because they're not just selling films to California or New York. They're selling films to everyone, you know, every single state, um, every single demographic, every single political view. So um, that's tough. There is a a change.org petition going across now to (laughs) rehire James Gunn. It's gotten over 80,000 signatures in two days. That's probably not going to do anything. I mean, it's not going to do anything. Um, James Gunn has come out and re-apologized, and he says he understands why Disney has fired him. Um, he's not lambasting his former employers. Um, this which, is a... Which shows maturity. Sure. Shows maturity on his part. You know, this is a minor story, but, you know, he just turned in a script for Guardians 3. Um you know, will they go forward with the Guardians 3? I'm sure they will. It will be a different director. They'll probably rewrite it. Um, you know, when we have more information about that, we'll we'll kind of talk about that as well. Um, it's an unpleasant story, and it's something that I didn't want to talk about, but I feel like it's... If we didn't at least acknowledge it, um, it would be... We would be remiss. It would be disingenuous of yeah. us to, to not acknowledge it. Um, having said that, let's get into something a little more fun, hopefully. Yep, yep. Um, this week saw the release of Equalizer 2, um, which surprisingly was number one at the box office. Um, surprisingly, and I say that because there was another film that dropped this weekend uh, called Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. <laughs> Um, I know you just kind of laughed right there. Yeah. Um, you know how I feel about sequels. Sure. Um, (laughs) but Mamma Mia is a built-in brand, has, has big stars. Um, but Denzel Washington at this point, it looks like he has uh, opened up at number one in the box office. It is actually Antoine Fuqua's best opening of all time. Um, it beats out Equalizer 1. I did see Equalizer 2. Um, it was okay. Um, it did a lot of nice building in terms of the story and the pace. Um, the final 10 minutes of the film are incredible. Like Antoine Fuqua can shoot action scenes incredibly. Um, so those final 10 minutes are amazing. There's a lot of little subplots in there that don't really build to anything. 
and it's just kind of pacing, 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 not really a lot of payoff. Um, so that's why it's mixed for me. Um, and that's why I think critics and audiences are a little mixed. Um, Denzel Washington clearly is charismatic on the screen when he's so on the screen. Show. He's, you know, it's hard not to look at him. It's, you know, even in quote unquote bad films or mediocre films, movie stars shine, shine through and, and, you know, he does. He's, he genuinely cares about his craft. He cares about his character. Um, and you now just like the first equalizer didn't really lead to a sequel. This one doesn't really lead to a sequel. Um, I have a hard time thinking Denzel Washington will be back for a third. Again, this is his first ever sequel of all time. Um, but, you know, money talks if Universal says, hey, we're going to write you a $10 million check plus some back end. You never know. <laughs> um, we'll see. Um, I was able to check out Ant-Man and the Wasp for the second time a couple weeks after we saw it. Again, for me, seeing a film two weeks later or so is usually a good indicator. And when I see it, if I truly enjoyed it or if it's just kind of the first time seeing it. Um, very much enjoyed it. Um, I thought the pacing was cool. I thought the characters were cool. My criticisms still hold up. Um, it didn't get a huge payoff with the villain. You hired a guy like Walter Goggins, who played the kind of mob boss criminal, who's a really talented actor. Didn't give him a lot to do. He was just kind of there. Again, I understand you to focus on Ant-Man and the Wasp. I like their relationship. I love their relationship with uh, Scott and his daughter Cassie. I thought that was great. It mirrored the relationship between uh, Hank and his daughter, the Wasp. So it was good. Um, you know, unsure if we're going to see a third Ant-Man film, especially with all these Marvel characters building up. It's not exactly setting worldwide records. Um, especially in the wake of Infinity War. It's kind of tough and the success that was Black Panther. So we'll see. Um, I did see a, another film this week called Three Identical Strangers. It's a documentary. Um, I've always liked documentaries, but they're never, they're usually not readily available in terms of wide release. Um, this is the third documentary that I've seen this year in the last three months, and it's it's totally engrossing. It was the story of these three guys, Three Identical Strangers, and they find themselves, and you're kind of like, oh my god, this is incredible how how these guys found each other after all this time. And you kind of feel like that's where the story's going, and then it takes a completely 180-degree twist of why these guys were separated in the first place. And you learn more about these guys and their background and their foster parents and their real parents and all these other things happening. I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. Um, it's totally engrossing. It's playing on some select limited theaters. Um, if you're into that stuff, go check it out. I would highly recommend that out of all the films I saw this week. Um, you haven't been to the movie theaters in a while, Joe, but I no. know you're going to go next week. I'm sure at some point Mission Impossible Fallout will open. Reviews have been stellar so far for Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. Um, you don't sound as excited as I thought you would. Um... I am looking forward to it. I mean, I'll probably see it just because I want to give it a chance. But um, the last one, the previous one, I didn't think was that great. I thought Ghost Protocol was much better than than Nation. Yeah, yeah, than that one. Um, so I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, like like you you've met, we've mentioned before. This may or may not be the last one we see Tom Cruise in. Who knows? This may be the last one we ever see. I don't. I have no idea. 
but they've certainly hinted at that. It's reaching the yeah. end. I mean, yeah. Tom Cruise is like 56 years old right now. He's not going to keep making these movies forever. True, but you look at someone like Harrison Ford, who's turning 80, and yeah, he's been... Yeah, but be- Harrison Ford doesn't do his own sets. Like, there's the <laughs> difference, you know what I mean? Like, Tom Cruise is... And that's what I love about Tom Cruise, right? He's out there doing 90% of his own stunts. Okay. Like, Harrison Ford... Fair enough. ...isn't really jumping out of planes and such, like Fair Tom enough. Cruise is. Um, you know, if we check it out, we'll let you know. Um, I have a feeling I'll check it out next weekend. Ratings have been the best so far for the entire Mission Impossible series. Um, I was a huge fan of the last couple of films, especially Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation. Um, so I will be definitely checking it out. Um, let us know if you guys plan on seeing it. Let, let us know if you guys have seen something else this week. Uh, let us know your thoughts. If you've seen Equalizer 2 or Ant-Man or Three Identical Strangers or what else is coming out. Um, there's Teen Titans Go coming out next week. I know that's a big franchise for a lot of people. Let us know if you're going to go see that. Um, and we're more than happy to react to it. Now, having said that, we're going to jump into the main story. Meet um, right here. It's going to be a lot of stuff. It's We're, of course, talking about Comic-Con. Comic-Con is probably around this time on Sunday night. We're recording this. is just about wrapping up. It's about four and a half days worth of just a smorgasbord of stuff going on in San Diego. There is so much stuff that there is no possible way that we can cover all of it within the time frame that we're talking about now. So we're just going to hit up some of the highlights, some of the stuff that we previewed last week. Um, if there's something you want us to talk about or if there's something that happened at Comic-Con that we didn't mention, please, again, let us know. We're more than happy to reference it as well. You know, there was a ton of comic announcements in terms of release dates. They... Dropped a new trailer for Spider-Man on PS4. Um, there was a huge gaming thing this weekend. There's lots lots of stuff, um, but we're going to stick to the basic stuff. Starting first on Friday afternoon, one of the first panels was the DC streaming service panel where they released the first trailer for Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, give me your first thought. You Titans are, is not a franchise that you're necessarily familiar with. Um, you know, the one character you'll probably recognize will be Robin. Yeah, um, that was it. It was me. a little... Go ahead and give me your thoughts on it. Well, it looked pretty intense. I mean, it, it it's, you know, it's definitely the darker... It looked like it was a more darker, more uh, noir-type uh, TV series for comic books. You know, it examines the dark side of comic books and, you know, the 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 violence you know that these vigilantes or whatnot take on like i said like max said i know no, i know nothing about this um none like i i didn't read com- comic books so i have no idea who the titans are but did you I, like uh did you like robin's famous line in the trailer that's kind of people are talking about a little provocative oh like are we allowed to drop that bombs? You on can this? say F. Okay, he says F Batman. Yes, I don't know about that. That was. I feel like that was. It a, was that, funny. that was a trailer shot, right? It That's was something funny. they do to put it in was, the trailer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> it, 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 it looks interesting. I might watch an episode or two just to kind of see how it is. But I'm usually not a big TV show series guy. But it, I can see it being popular among fans of DC Comics. Yeah, um, Titans is, uh, it's a franchise in DC. There are several iterations of Titans. Um, there's Teen Titans, obviously, and, and this definitely feels like the grown-up version of Titans, obviously. Oh, it, it's, you know, it, it dropped a TV MA right before the trailer started. 
Um, to me, it looks interesting. You know, I'll, I feel like I'll give it a shot if I sign up for the subscription service. Um, again, some of the characters, I don't fully know all the characters, so, it, you know, that might be interesting to learn about those characters. Um, it's interesting for me that this is the first show that they're putting out for the streaming service. This is the show they're starting with. This is their marquee show. And it's targeted for adults only. You know, you don't want to have kids watching this. So right off the bat, you're eliminating some potential audience viewers, whether or not... They have to be specialized. Right. So again, that can be bad or that that could be viewed as positive or negative. It kind of depends on how you view about it. True. Um, You know, it was only like a two-minute trailer, so we didn't see it too much. Um, Again, they threw in some money shots like Robin or, or Dick Grayson as Nightwing basically saying F Batman. Um, DC has also announced a uh, Stargirl will will be a new series that will join the streaming service. I don't know anything about Stargirl, the character, so I have no opinion on it. Uh, but that will be a, a later later show, probably end of 2019, early 2020. Um, that's going to be after Swamp Thing and Harley Quinn and all those things coming out. They did announce the prices for the streaming service. It is $7.99 a month. Or it's seventy four ninety nine a year. Um, if you do the math, if you pay, if you pay the month, if you pay the yearly fee, excuse me, seventy four ninety nine, you're basically only paying for nine months worth of it. And you get three months for free. If that's how you want to look at it, um, again, it won't come out till 20, 2019 or so. Um, I'm still mixed about the service. Um, the Titans trailer didn't didn't sell me on it, but it didn't push me away either. So we'll see. You know, I'm leaning towards maybe give it a month trial for $7.99. Then if I like it, I can just re-up that way. But we'll see. Um, the other big news that dropped on Friday, one of the bigger news that dropped on Friday that probably has me the most excited is going to be Clone Wars Star Wars. They had a panel that we talked about last week that's a retrospective, a celebration of Clone Wars 10 years uh, after Clone Wars um, and they dropped a little surprise at the end for the fans that were there, and it kind of went crazy. They are revisiting Clone Wars for 12 episodes, which will be streaming on the Disney streaming service in 2019 when the service opens. A little background, Clone Wars was a hugely popular show for Lucasfilm fans, for fans of Star Wars. It was canceled a little prematurely. Uh, when when Lucasfilm was bought by Disney, uh, Clone Wars was airing on Cartoon Network, not a Disney network. Uh, Disney bought Lucasfilm, and they kind of just closed that up, and they started Rebels. But there was a lot of a lot of little threads that weren't necessarily finished. So I think they're bringing it back one to finish those threads to kind of appease those fans. A Star Wars fan base that is very mixed on Disney right now. This is a nice play. For them, um, again, you have to buy the streaming service, so that automatically gets a large number of people in the door on the streaming service. The trailer looks cool. Um, you know, new characters like Captain Rex and Ahsoka Tana, who were just in Clone Wars, are back. Any interest, Joe, for you, or you would have to rewatch the entire series at this point, right? I've never seen the series. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it's I've seen I've seen the animated movies, the animated cartoon movies. Mm. Um, I think those are the ones that were like silent without dialogue. Um, at one point, there was 
yeah, there was a couple. I don't know. I don't. I don't know any sophomores with that. No, maybe I'm mistaken, but I thought there was one that didn't actually have voice actors. Okay. Talking. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, people. Put it in the comments and let me know. Just let him know that he's wrong. Yeah, let him know I'm wrong. Yeah, like I'm not. He I'm loves not, it. I'm not sold on that. But any in any event, yeah. To answer your question, I'm. You know, I'm not such a Star Wars fan, and I'm going to pick up a series, a TV series. Um, I I might have to give it a shot, just you know, watch up, watch one episode just to see how it is. Especially if people are listening or encouraging me to, to give it a shot if they enjoy it. But um, you know, I do think it's a very smart play. I agree with you that that Disney and is kind of playing the cards that they've been dealt here, and that the ones that they've been dealt is Clone Wars. Yeah, and they can play those and hopefully, you know, get people thinking positively about Star Wars and Disney again. Yeah, so. Clone Wars is on Netflix now, guys. It's five seasons plus some little extra episodes um, if you're interested in watching it. It's it's a wonderful series, especially if you're invested in the lore that is Star Wars, and especially around that time frame, time frame of the Clone Wars. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, again, Lucasfilm didn't hold a large panel. Again, they saved most of their stuff for D23 or Star Wars Celebration. Um, but if you're only going to have one panel... And have one announcement um, at Comic Con that was that was you that was as solid as you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty pretty exciting for them, pretty ballsy of them. And I think it paid off. Um, another trailer that was dropped was for the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, it will drop on Nickelodeon on September seventeenth. Full disclosure. The very first soccer team I was on when I was like under six or under eight was called the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I was forcefully, uh, not forcefully, that's the wrong word. I was, unbeknownst to me, I would always have a soft spot in my heart for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Did you check out the trailer, Joe? I did. did. Okay. It looks mildly interesting to me. Okay. I mean, it, it looks... It's a little funny, right? A little... It, 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 it looked... Um, like an anime, like an anime. Uh, it's two D hand drawn, so yeah. it's not computer. No, but I mean, it just didn't like. I grew up watching the TV show. I mean, I'm sure there's listeners out there who watch the TV show Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and that was that was my soft spot. Mm-hmm. So you know, I certainly didn't see the movie that they came out with Megan Fox. I didn't see that mm-hmm. because I thought that they were that they were ruining the other movies that I had seen as a child. Have you rewatched those those uh, those the live original, action films? I, I, yes, I have those. I have all three. They're so bad. They are so awesome. I don't. They're really, so bad. But it, again, part of it is that nostalgia, nostalgia for yes, you. It's nostalgia because right. I watched it as a kid. Are they great? No. Are they good acting? No. But I mean, it was. It means something to you. Yeah. So I mean, like, I understand them trying to, you know, convert the new generation of children out there to liking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it doesn't appeal to me. I mean, but again, I'm kind of I'm I'm very picky when it comes to TV shows and movies. You know that. Yeah. So I mean, it looks it. I can again, I can see people out there. Um, with kids that might be interested in watching it, but I'm not interested. I'm sure I'll check it out. I'll let you know how it is. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. The next one, I, oh, I know you're going to yeah. be into, Joe. Um, Universal had their panel. 
the one really film that I want to talk about, they did talk about Halloween. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, they dropped the first trailer for Glass. Glass looks sick. Um, Glass will be released on January 18th. Um, you just saw Split for the I first just time saw a couple days last, ago. A couple days ago, in I preparation did. for Glass, so I appreciate yes. you doing that. Give me your give me your thoughts on Split first, because you just was saw. epic. I mean, you. T- I mean, at a time when people are churning out Marvel movies left and right, it was a. It was. Ref- I mean, I don't. It was so much different than a typical hero movie. It was the darker side of heroes. And Glass looks incredible. Um, Split... You thought Split was a hero movie? No, I... Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. You're talking about Unbreakable. I'm mixing up up the trailer Glass and Split. Okay. I'll focus only on Split. Split was very cool because I liked the psychology behind it. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Silence of the Lambs. Okay. A cross between Silence of the Lambs and just... In the fact that there was like there was, there was the. I mean, I thought it was very well done. The story was 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 very um, moving. It was intense. Um, I liked the fact that the protagonist, the girl in the story who survives, she had like some, you know, abuse. I, not not that I liked that, but I liked how he incorporated that into the film. To how she how she was gonna survive this ordeal with this with this you know crazy guy uh-huh. and James McAvoy just stole the show. I mean, he was so that's what I mean when I said it reminded me of Silence of the Lambs. He was, okay, he was acting like a woman. He was dancing around. He was he was and then one minute and all he of was, his personalities. Yeah, he was all these personalities. You know, it just reminded me of the guy dancing around Sounds of the Lambs. You know and you know, Buffalo Bill just kind of, yeah. you know, with his little dog. It just kind of reminded me of that, you know, and it was as, it was as creepy and deranged as that movie. I mean, it obviously it doesn't really compare, but it was similar, I thought. Sure. Um, Glass, to, to fast forward. So we'll give a background. Glass is a sequel to yes. Split and Unbreakable. So Unbreakable is a 2000 film by M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. So if you, long ago. Long, so long, long the, time ago. If you hadn't seen Split... Sorry, oh, we're ruining the spoiler, but don't worry about it. It's been a couple years. You have to watch Split. Um, yeah. So go ahead and go. Give me now. Give me your reaction on the glass. Okay. Trailer. So glass looks awesome because, like I said, it's it's incorporating. It's it's going to be like they they really M Night Shyamalan has kind of created. Like I was surprised that I was going to enjoy Split um, as much as I did. Like I knew nothing about it. I had, I knew it was about a creepy guy about these personalities. But I had no idea he was going to set up for a sequel and that he was going to incorporate, you know, the, the good versus evil story. And honestly, I have no idea what to expect with Glass. Like, sure. that's what makes it so interesting to me. The trailer did not drop a lot of clues. No. That's what a yes. great trailer does. Um, I, what I mean is, like, and, and, and not to knock on Marvel films and the MCU, but... That's why I'm kind of like I'm I'm kind of growing stale of the similar plot lines that I'm seeing, you know. And we'll talk about this when we see when we uh, when we get to a couple other trailers. Um, they look very similar to other comic book movies. And although Unbreakable and 
Split. Split and Glass are not really comic book movies. They are related to somehow, you know, they're picking up on the comic book lore. You know, they have a hero of good versus bad. And it's very muddled. You know, they have they have personal, uh, you know, personal, they have problems that they have to overcome. And, you know, it was just, it was a very original, I mean, Split was so originally done. Like, he, is, he to me, like, completely did a 180. Because I know his last movies were pretty awful. At least that's that was the general consensus that I have. He had, he had been he had, he on, had, a, on a downward yeah, spiral. Yeah, he had been on a, a downward bit. spiral. But I thought it was, I thought Split was amazing. Glass looks intense. It picks up right where Split left off and incorporates Bruce Willis again. I know you're excited about it because that's Samuel L. Jackson in it. You want to see that? That those two, you know, those two uh, forces go at each other is Bruce Willis. You know, and then going against Samuel Jackson, is he going to team up with with James McAvoy, the yeah. Beast? You know, I mean, that just it, it was just such a cool original story. Like, I, 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 I'm, I'm getting Marvel fatigue. I'll be the first to say it. And this was not Marvel. It was sure. very much different than Marvel. Yeah. Um. So I'm super excited about it. I'm gonna so go see the movie. I can't wait till it comes out. Sure. But that's I, me. No, that's no, no. Me. That's that's great. I'm I'm happy you're excited about it. It, yeah. look, it looks good. I, I was a huge fan of Unbreakable. I thought that was such a great story. Um, the way it incorporated comics, the way it talked about heroes versus villains, light versus dark, um, and you didn't even know that that's the type of film you were watching. You just became so engrossed in it. You know, Dennis Dunn is the character that Bruce Willis plays, and it's kind of an unwilling hero, unwilling person to kind of burden this responsibility then you have someone like mr glass aka glass in the title of the next film samuel l jackson who you don't know is a villain he just kind of seeps his way into it um how these three characters are going to get paired together or trio together i have no idea and that's fine that's, that's one, great that's, that's the, um that's i i split was good for me i i appreciated it more for james mcavoy's performance it was not a bad film by any stretch of the imagination it just didn't hold my attention um, How did especially it not hold your attention. Just it wasn't it, to me. It, it once dark, it once it got too. once it got into the room. It's like I kind of felt like I know where it was going, and I was just waiting for the beast to come out. Because the entire time, it's like he's hinting at the beast. Like yeah, but you the didn't beast know that the there. beast was there. Like you, I, I, I didn't you know if it was, it was a third. There. I didn't know if it was going to be a third. It person. was obviously one of his personalities. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I mean, once it's like once he got the girls in the room, it's like yeah, it's super creepy. Um, and so, yes, I'll, I'll admit that that makes me uncomfortable, but he kept hinting about the beast and I don't know if the beast is going to like you. And once the beast comes out it's like, well, okay, you feel like the beast is going to be another personality. Uh, the beast gets unleashed. He is now tamed somehow. Um, I thought the trailer again gave us kind of some money shots of the three of them together, especially the first shot where you see of them together just kind of in the psychiatric oh, room yeah, yeah. that was really cool that's what a great trailer does yes. it, it doesn't give away the plot it just kind of gives you some shots to get you intrigued um all indications that all the other stuff they showed and talked about um universal had a great panel so hats off to them look good the next panel we're going to talk about is sony panel a little bit um they had a uh, they talked about Into the Spider-Verse, and they talked about Venom. They didn't drop any new trailers, so we have nothing to show for that. They did screen some footage for people in Hall H. Uh, of course, that won't be released to the public. Um, 
A couple things I got out of it, Joe, just jump in if there's something you want to hint on. Um, Into the Spider-Verse, we've gotten little phrases like it looks like a 3D comic book. That looks really cool. Um, The trailer, yeah. Um, I'm into, I'm into it again, cause again, I'm, I'm going to be huge on Spider-Man and that type of stuff. Uh, but they're doing something very different with multiple Spider-Man. They have Spider-Gwen, of course, is Gwen Stacy. No idea who that is. It's Gwen Stacy. <laughs> well, I know um, that. Uh, Spider-Man, you know, Peter Parker's going to be there. They have Miles Morales as Spider-Man. Um, they have, ever, they apparently have Spider-Ham. I don't really know anything about Spider Ham. It just looks kind of cool. Do you eat Spider Ham? Is that, I don't. Is that, is I, don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Uh, Jake Johnson, who plays Peter Parker, is is playing it at his age, who is around forty, so he's kind of an older Spider Man, looking to kind of pass on the mantle to Miles Morales, which is what happens in some version of the comics. Um, it just looks like it's going to be a different take on a story. Yeah. And and again, like Joe says, the animation just it looks, looks great. Cool. It so does. I'm excited for that. I'm a little sad we didn't get another trailer, but I'm sure we'll get one soon. That comes out around in December. Uh, they also had a panel uh, Venom. Of course, you know it talks about you know the villain universe and building up these characters. Uh, the main question or the main topic, of course, is is this going to get incorporated into Spider-Man into you know, Tom Holland into the MCU. Are we going to see Tom Holland face off against Venom? And really the kind of answer I think you and I could answer this before is if Venom does well and people like it, then there is a future for that. Probably. Yeah. But I don't I don't think they're going to shoehorn Tom Holland into the film at this point because if it doesn't work out, then it's, you know, it doesn't work out. Right. Um, so, I, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a darker film. Venom is a darker character. You know, Tom Hardy is a very intense actor. Um, so to me, that's what gives it hope. Um, it's Venom's a very cool character. Um, you know, you're going to like looks much better than Spider-Man three. Sure. That's all absolutely. I can say. Yeah, all I, I mean, can I, say. Yeah. Like I, I, you know me, I love origin stories. I like seeing the original story on how the hero or villain came to be. And this looks awesome to me. Venom. I could care less whether his voice is muffled or whether, you know, like there's some talk about how like he sounds like Bane. To me, that makes him sound awesome. Like, I mean, I could, well, you, you I could understand, yeah, I could understand they, Bane. I could understand Bane just fine. But I also like Tom Holland. I, I, I like the fact that he's like kind of an anti-hero. That's what I like about. Sure. Him. Like he's like kind of a villain. He flirt. He he very much flirts the line between hero and villain. Sure, and that's that to me is cool. Cool, because it I, I don't know just just that the concept of fighting between being you know two different you know angels and demons on your shoulder you know yeah, he's not a good guy but he's not a bad guy yeah. per se in this film so it'll be interesting you know or it's just violent it's be violent yeah, yeah. I, it's it's probably going to be an R rated film um, you know again we have we didn't get any new footage so we weren't in Hall H so we can't necessarily attest to that. True. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Tom Hardy was on hand and was very into it, um, was answering questions. So, you know, that, that does boast. Well, the next panel was the Paramount panel where they talked about Bumblebee. We didn't get another trailer for Bumblebee. Um, again, if you were in Hall H, you obviously saw some new footage. This opens up around the same time around Christmas. Um, Bumblebee is still a film that I'm cautiously optimistic about. Um, again, Transformers are amazing characters. They're interesting what they can do. Um, they were just kind of bogged down in Michael Bay action films. 
you know, and they these characters didn't really get to grow or interact or really do anything besides just kind of fight and mash around. Blow stuff up and fight and mash around. Um, this looks like it's really just going to focus on Bumblebee, tell this character's story. It looks very grounded. It looks very much like a origin story, like we're just telling this story. Um, I have I have faith in the director who's done some really cool animation stuff. Uh, John Cena, we've learned mm-hmm. that John Cena will play the villain, um, which, you know, will be kind of cool. He's only really played good guys before. I know you're shaking your head. Um, I have a soft spot for John Cena just because of all the charity work he does and all that stuff. That's the thing about his acting. No, but I think he's a fine actor. I mean, he's not maybe – he's kind of in the rock vein. Like, he's – he's he's not the rock. Okay. I, think, he's I, not, said, I said he's in he's the not, rock. He's not Dwayne Johnson. I he's in the he's, same realm because I he's I said he's in the rock vein. Like, he's trying to be in that. He's getting the same type of roles in that. The fact that he's playing a villain, he'll play a little something off color uh, for him. It could be cool. Um, we'll see. Um, that's really all we have for that. Again, we don't have a lot of footage. We talked about this last time. The Warner Brothers panel was the panel that was really going to stand out, kind of make or break. And were you disappointed? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. I was okay. disappointed. Um, we'll, we'll break it down. First, let's just go to the non-DC films. Um, Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald. We got the second trailer for that. Um, if you were in Hall H, you got a surprise appearance by Johnny Depp in costume who came out and did a speech. Um, again, if you were in Hall H, let us know how that was. Um, I am all in for Fantastic Beasts. I, I'm very much M.A. Potterhead in that sense. I, I thought, you know, the first film, a Fantastic Beast, was really well done. It had the enviable task of being a Harry Potter film without Harry Potter in it. So you're always going to get that criticism. Uh, this film, had the second film in this new new franchise saga. yeah new saga thank you uh is gonna very much start to tie in more to harry potter and that legacy you're gonna start to see characters like dumbledore and albus potter and things like that and grindelwald grindelwald is i don't remember if he's a mentor or he's a something he has something to do with voldemort and how voldemort's rise so grindelwald is played by johnny depp he is the main villain of the film um give me your thoughts on the trailer I might check it out just because I mean Johnny Depp looks looks I, I, I enjoy seeing roles where he kinda plays off the wall and off you know, like he definitely fits in with the Harry Potter uh, saga in my mind as as but I know nothing about this and other than watching the trailers. I didn't read the books. Still haven't read Harry Potter the books. You haven't seen the first Fantastic Beast. No, I haven't seen that either. Because okay. you should check it out. I it's, didn't. That's good. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. But it does. It does look interesting. I do enjoy seeing Johnny Depp play roles um, that aren't necessarily Tim Burton films <laughs> over and over again. So um, you know, I thought he was great in Pirates, and you know, he looks really cool in this one. So. You know, okay. I'm I'm excited for it. Fair but, enough. Yeah, but I, I know nothing about it. Again, this is kind sure. of, but it is kind of like a prequel to Harry Potter. Yeah, like it absolutely from, is a prequel from, to from Harry what Potter. you've been describing. Yeah, um, so that kind of interests me somewhat. Yeah, um, but I know you're looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the next the next trailer that dropped, we saw the first footage of Godzilla King of Monsters. Um, you're kind of shaking your head yep. already. Rolling my eyes. To me, the trailer was okay. It was an interesting choice of music. It was an it interesting was terrible choice of music. What they revealed. 
Um, but again, this is the third film in this monster franchise that they're building, that Warner Brothers is building. The first was Just Godzilla. Which was epic. The second was Kong Skull Island. Um, this is the third film in that saga. Um, it's clearly building up to eventually be Godzilla versus Kong. That's kind of what they're doing. Um, the plot seems a little weird. They need the monster DNA or something to get medicine. I'm not really sure. Yeah, uh, it just it looked weird. I, I, Millie Bobby Brown was front and center. Millie Bobby Brown um, is on Stranger Things. She's the young girl from Stranger Things who's right in front of the trailer. Kyle Chandler's in it. Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s in it. It has a great cast. Um, Vera Farmiga. Yeah, Vera Farmiga was, um, was in it. Uh, lots of other Thomas Middleditch from Silicon Valley's in it. it. You know, it's only our first trailer, so it's kind of a teaser. We won't get we won't get anything till next year. Um, it piqued my interest, but it was, eh. You know, did you uh, did you actually see? I know we saw Godzilla together. Did you see Kong Skull Island? Yeah, I saw it. You did? Yeah. Did you I, like Kong Kong Skull Island? It was okay. okay. I didn't think it was great. So it wasn't um, Godzilla level for you? No, nowhere near Godzilla level. Okay. Godzilla, so are, Godzilla level was was epic for many reasons. Okay. I mean, do you want me to go into those or? I mean, just I mean, oh, give me your it was, general thought. I mean, general it, thought. I thought I thought Godzilla was epic. Okay. Uh, the original Godzilla, the music, how they introduced Godzilla was was very. It was it was genius how they and 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 the reason part of that is because I guess the producer or the director of Godzilla worked on the original Jaws films. Okay. That was, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. But okay. That sounds um, right though. I'm pretty know. sure. I'm pretty sure somebody that's incorporated with has Godzilla some connection? Okay. has some connection to the original Jaws. And it was so cool to see like Godzilla come out halfway through the movie. They always hinted at him. Yeah. And they, they finally didn't. saw him. And when you finally saw him, it was just, it was worth it. Yeah, it was so intense. They built it up to like, you know, when the guys are parachuting out of the sky and then you finally see Godzilla, it's like holy crap. You know, this would this is what made this is what was what the wait was for and they did not disappoint. I mean, yeah, it was kind of silly the monsters fighting each other. But Kong Skull Island didn't really do it for me. I mean, John C. Riley to me was the highlight of that movie. Um, he had like funny lines and which made it kind of you know, he was kind of a crazy guy. This this new one looks bad. I mean, it doesn't. It's look, only the first trailer. It is the first trailer, so, but I because mean, it doesn't because it doesn't. you like the first Godzilla, would yeah, you don't make a you don't need to make a sequel. I mean, like I know, but okay, we can have this debate. We can have this debate again or another day. Um, I'm not a huge sequel fan. I never have been. I'm always skeptical of them. Um, you know. There, I, I mean, yes, you could cherry pick certain movies, and we'll talk about one later in this podcast that is a sequel and is hands down one of the best sequels of all time. Um, but generally, they are pretty bad. Um, that is a huge generalization. Okay, fine, but I can. But but I, I, can, I understand where you're going with it, so we don't, need, we don't need to get. You can't take the original story and duplicate it and make it as interesting as the first. Okay. Like it's very difficult to do. Okay. Um, but that's just me. Fine. I will say I generalize, but no, that's fine. I mean, I understand why people view that and, and that makes sense. And, and I, I get that you're not wrong in your opinion. Um, I will say that, you know, just you're going to give it a chance. Just like, I mean, I, I assume at this point I'll give it a chance. I'd like to see another trailer first. 
Um, again, this was only a teaser, so we didn't really get much in terms of story and, and all that stuff. Um, I will say with sequels, and we will talk about a sequel later, um, you know, it's part of it is you can have good films that are original. You can have bad films that are original. Part of it is just True. the story. It's the story you tell, and it's why you're telling the story. There are countless numbers of sequels that are good because they tell a good story. Um, you know, of course, there are instances of bad sequels because they are just cashing in on the success okay. of the first. I'm so more, it's it's hard to it's hard. I, I, think I guess it, I view it more that way. You're right. Yeah, you're I, right. I think it needs to be. I think you're. I don't think you're wrong because yeah. I think there are Plenty several those, instances that have that. Yeah. So you need to just kind of view it on a case by case basis. Okay. Regardless, fair that, fair that's a different conversation. We still have some stuff to go through. The big talking point of comic-con and the big basically hall h was looking forward to this moment uh was the second hour in the warner brothers panel that of course is going to be the dc panel uh they did have a wonder woman 1984 presentation uh, unsurprisingly because they're shooting the film now they don't have a trailer um it won't come out literally till a year and a half away like a year from november um they only showed a little bit of footage and it's basically 30 seconds worth of footage that they've kind of hinted in pictures where it's Steve Trevor, again, which is very clever because you're – why is Steve Trevor, Trevor in the clever. film? Yeah, why is Steve Trevor in the film? Uh, Chris Pine was at the convention. Um, was out, was, that was obviously one of the first questions that was asked to him. He played it very cool and was like, yeah, I, I can't say. You know, And Patty Jenkins, the director, basically said, just come and see the film and, and you'll find out why. Um, so apparently it is integral to the story, um, and I hope it is. Otherwise, it would just be a waste of putting him in. Um, but again, we haven't seen anything. We weren't in Hall H, so we didn't get to see the footage. Um, some of the footage that we did see, though, we'll start with the Shazam trailer. Um, Shazam, okay, first of all, I have no idea who Shazam is. Mac and I know I'm going to make this joke. Shazam, to me, is the app on my phone that tells me what song is playing. It is not a comic book character. I have no idea who this is. Okay. And the trailer, this is what I mean. They're copying. The trailer looks to me like they're trying to mimic Marvel. And that's why it doesn't appeal to me. It looks like it's it, they're making corny jokes where they make fun of each other or make fun of a situation. It's lighthearted. Um... I mean, it is an original story. It is like the the origin story of Shazam, which is, again, usually what's more interesting to me is the origin story. But this just, it just, it really seemed like they're trying to mimic um, Marvel and do what, the, and, and kind of make a similar type movie to what Marvel's been doing. And okay. you can't beat Marvel at their own game. I don't think you can do that. Okay. There is another movie coming out that we'll talk about in a minute that I think looks way better than Shazam. Okay. Um, but that's just me. Sure. Again, Shazam, to be fair to Shazam, I don't, it's a character that I don't know much about. Um, so I, I can't say that I've read a bunch of Shazam comics. Um, Zachary Levi, who plays the older version of Shazam, um, I love the TV series Chuck. That's what he's most known for. I, you know, he looks great in the trailer. Um, it does look very lighthearted. It looks like it's an enjoyable thing. It looks like they're trying to just have fun with it. And for me, that's great. Like that's part okay. of DC's problem with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. It's too dark and it's not fun for people. People don't like that. And it's not what 
the comic book characters are. You know, we'll talk a little bit about this with the Dark Knight. Um, we talk about a retrospective. I think there is a kind of curse of Nolan in a sense of what <laughs> what the Dark Knight meant to to DC. Um, for a character like Batman, it's super acceptable to have a dark tone, a dark feel, a dark character. But then you start to have all these other characters who are lighthearted and just different characters with optimism, and you try and put them in this dark and dour world, and it doesn't work. That's not what the characters are. Superman wasn't invented to be this dark, depressing, mopey character. He was invented to be man's greatest hope. In in Man of Steel, he was. Yeah. He was mopey. You know, he killed thousands of people, doesn't kill people in the comics. That's a Superman thing. And the big twist in Man of Steel is that he kills Zod at the end, and it's... That wasn't a twist. Okay. That was hardly a twist. Okay. You just, just, you just didn't like Man of Steel. I, I thought loved, Man of Steel was okay. I loved Man of Steel. Okay. I thought it was great. Okay. But that's just me. Sure. But I see your point, yes. And we'll, and we'll, 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 we'll yeah. recircle back right now with when we get to the, to the other film. Um, yeah. Shazam, it, it looks... You know, not all superheroes are going to be dark. And, you know, this one looks like it's going to be... It's meant to be a fun story. Um, it looks like it's going to be on its own. It doesn't necessarily need to be tied into some darker, larger story piece of, like, Justice League 2 or something. It's just kind of kind of be there and be an enjoyable film. And I think that's what they're going for. And I think so far they've... You know, the trailer looks good. It looks funny. You know, he's learning his powers. He's basically... You know, a 13-year-old kid in a grown, basically kind of Superman body, Superman abilities. Um, so we'll see. Um, that comes out next year. The big one, the one that I've been looking forward to the most, is the trailer for Aquaman. Um, to say it did not disappoint would be an understatement. Um, it had everything I wanted in the trailer yep. uh, and more. I love James Wan as a director. I you know, a large amount of faith in what he's going to do. Even at this point, you know, up until Saturday, for the film had been working for a year, we had not seen much. We hadn't seen any film. Um, we just saw it. It looks great. Give me your give me your first thoughts, Jeff. It looks awesome. I I completely agree with you. It it and it and it has not and it has nothing to do. Um, I mean, we we'll talk about this a bit later when we discuss a different movie, but. Um, I, I like movies that grip me emotionally, that are gripping. Um, Shazam doesn't grip me. It looks like a silly movie to me. Like it doesn't look interesting at all. Mm -hmm. And I mean, uh, Aquaman looks awesome. It looks, it reminds me, I mean, again, and I, maybe I shouldn't compare this to other movies and maybe it's silly to do that, but it, it reminded me a little bit of Lord of the Rings. Okay. In that like Aragorn like was this like kind of outcasted king who kind of shuns his his history and all this stuff. Now I don't know exactly if it's going to pan out the same way. Obviously it's not. It's a different story. Mm-hmm. But but the but the character itself and like the trial and tribulation that he's going to go through looks very interesting to me. Absolutely. Um, you know, the graphics look stunning. Uh, yeah. When he's underwater, it yeah. looks amazing. Yes. Like, you can't tell. You're not, like, distracted by the And he's not, like, water. talking with bubbles coming out of his yeah, mouth. That no, would be looks stupid. awesome. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think you're right. Was but, there was there a specific shot in the trailer where you were like, oh, that's um, really I'd cool. have to rewatch it again. But, I mean, there's, you know, it just looks pretty epic. There's, like, scenes where there's, like, water coinciding with fire and some big epic battle. 
between yeah. him and his brother or something like that. Again, I don't know anything about the story. Um, I, I It just looks interesting to me. Uh, it looks, you know, kind of like a badass version of the Little Mermaid's dad. Uh, you know. Okay. Sure. <laughs> with that underwater. I, I, I see the thread you're, you're feeling out. He's got the trident, you know. He's, that makes sense. It's kind of like a sword, you know. It's, it's just, it, it looks like a really cool movie to me. Like, okay. Uh, I mean. I'll bite, yeah. Yeah. That, but that's just me. Yeah. I to me I I love the character of Aquaman. I think it's such an engaging character. Um it it totally plays on yes, we're going to get he's been in Batman v Superman, he's been in Justice League, but we haven't heard anything about him. Um so we're going to get a ba- yeah, we're going to get a background tale. We're going to learn about his parents, we're going to learn about his brother Orn, um who is played by Patrick Wilson, who's you know, most known for being a stage actor. He's been in a lot of films. Um, but I love him for being a stage actor, so I'm excited that he's been in there. That he's in there. He's worked with James Wan a lot, actually. Um, the cast looks great. Amber Heard looks great. Nicole Kidman's in it. Um, Aquaman is a fun character. You know, it's but he's not making it silly. That's he's nice. underwater and he's riding sharks and he's going up against seahorses and it's I fun. I get that, but and it's, it's engaging. Not, it doesn't look fun. It and it's jokes. It's Every other line is a joke. He talks the joke about that's an awful pep talk. He breaks into the sub. He breaks into the submarine and he's like permission to come aboard. Like that's awesome. Like he's having fun with it, you know. And you know the the big CGI battle at the end where he's riding the dino, uh, not the, the like the dino shark, and then he comes up on the crab and he just like bites the crab and you know it just, it looks fun. Like there are going to be moments of sincerity in the film there are going to be moments of real stakes you know brother versus brother there's you know the battle of the seven seas that's a real thing um so to me it's gonna hopefully have a nice balance but again i think dc needs to go away from this dark dour mode that they're trying to do um and have fun with these characters and i feel like these two trailers shazam and aquaman they are having fun they're letting these characters breathe. They're letting them have fun. They're, you know. They're making them silly. Yeah. I mean, there, there are still real world stakes involved, especially in Aquaman, probably not in Shazam. That's going to be a little bit more of a, you know, down to earth film. Um, Aquaman, it's, this still feels like there's real stakes attached to it. But again, Jason Manoa, who's, you know, he's out there. He knows he's ripped. He knows he's yoked. He knows, you know, and he's just out there. He's just kind of living. He's just having fun with it. And I think that's, you know, that might not be great analysis, but I think that's what the film is so far. We It's the first trailer. Had a lot of epic shots. Underwater looked really, really cool. Um, everything in terms of CGI, in terms of, you know, the, you know, the seahorses or the sharks or all that stuff looks really, really cool. Uh, looks engaging. The music was uplifting. It just kind of had a, a positive vibe to it. And I think that's kind of what I'm hoping the film is. I could be wrong. Uh, but to me, it had everything else that I wanted. Um, you asked if I was disappointed or not. I was a little disappointed overall on the panel. Um, they didn't announce anything else. They they acknowledged the Joker film, um, but Joaquin Phoenix was not there. Um, they didn't say anything about Man of Steel 2. I think they're still very much undecided on Man of Steel 2. Um, Birds of Prey, they're apparently still undecided on. They have not apparently decided what they're going to do with Batman yet. Um, 
you know, so on one hand, it's disappointing because I feel like they had a chance at Comic-Con to talk about something awesome and, and make a huge step forward. Uh, but on the other hand, I think what they showed was really, really cool. And if you don't have anything to say, don't say anything. You know, there's no point in just rushing out a, you know, a press release or rushing out some information if you're not 100% sure what it is. So, again, I think they kind of pushed the films that they wanted to push, and, and I was excited for it. Um, so that's our Comic-Con recap for 2018. Um, if you went to Comic-Con, um, I hope you had a great time. Um, and uh, look forward to the next one. There's a, Again, there's a ton of stuff that we missed, ton of stuff we just don't have time to cover. Um, but, yeah, any last thoughts on Comic-Con for you, Joe? Or? I'll do it. Okay. Um, we did want to touch on... Uh, a special film. Um, this this summer is the marks the 10 year anniversary of The Dark Knight. Dark Knight came out in 2008. Um, to celebrate The Dark Knight, uh, it is being re released in um, some certain theaters, like One Night Only. There's a screening in San Francisco, which would be the closest to us. There's a screening in New York. There's a screening in Universal City Walk. There's a screening in Chicago and Toronto. Um, their Warner Brothers is doing that to kind of re-release the film in IMAX and to kind of give it its proper due. Um, Dark Knight was a seminal film for a large number of reasons. Um, one, it really just kind of changed the game uh, in terms of what a comic book film was. It was more than a comic book film. It was a film that featured a character who dressed up as Batman. Um, give me your initial thoughts on The Dark Knight, looking back on it, what it means to you, um, how you view it 10 years later, um, any, any special thoughts you have about it. I do agree with you that, yes, it did transcend comic books, and I think that's – but at the same time, I, I would point to that film as being, as being the best comic book movie that's ever been made. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the, yeah, there's so much I could touch on, on about this movie. Uh, we, we probably won't have time to go into everything. Um, we lost a great actor to this to his role playing in in, in this movie. Um, he played, you know, he was hands down one of the best joke. I mean, you can't compare him to Jack Nick Nick. Nicholson? Yeah, Jack Nicholson was the first. Yeah, character. you can't compare. You can't compare the two because it's like apples to oranges, and it's Tim Burton films, and those are always kind of a little bit more wacky and a little bit more, uh, you know, like pow and bang and you know, like the original comic books. This was more of like a gritty, uh, haunting performance by Heath Ledger. Um, I thought. I mean, I love Christopher Nolan films. There are very few films. Um, made by him that I have not enjoyed um, to some extent or the other because of the music, because of the story, the plot line, um, the dialogue between the characters, the struggles the characters go through, the fact that he does his his movies using very little CGI. Well, he does use computer, but they're stunts. Sure, it's I mean, not I, every it's, every film has to at some yeah, point. So but it's not like, it's not just done with all computers. There's people doing stunts, and I think that's become a lost art in movies. Mission um, Impossible. Uh, true, 
Oh uh, yeah, you're right. That is a good point, and that's probably the reason why I enjoy those movies is because there's actual stunts, and it's not just computers creating the atmosphere. It's uh-huh. actual sets. It's actual yeah, yeah, yeah. characters. Um, but this this film, to me, I saw it three times in a week um, when it came out in the theater. Uh, you know, it was that intense. It was that gritty. It was that engaging to me. Um, I mean, it it was a sequel, yes, but at the same time, um, it was almost on par. It was it, it 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 like you said it trans like I said it transcended the first one, which was nearly which I think rarely happens. Uh, a, uh-huh. a, a sequel can surpass the interest it was almost like the first one was like the was like the first it was like the hors d'oeuvres okay and then like the dark knight was like the main course and the dark knight rises was was the dessert i mean that was kind of how i felt like it was like a meal that's best served like watching them together uh i mean that's just a quick my thoughts i mean i don't know what, what no what, i i think those are all valid valid points they're all meaningful points the film is very meaningful to a lot of people for a lot of reasons um there's a reason why it's it's celebrating a 10-year anniversary because it's hugely important to pop culture it's hugely important to films um to me the film was wonderful um but it 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 very much what separated it from batman begins and what especially separated it from dark knight rises was the villains, not just Heath Ledger. Yes, Heath Ledger was amazing. Aaron Eckhart, I think, gave a super underrated performance as Two-Face. And, you know, know, Christian Bale. The first film was really about Christian Bale and Batman and what that means, what it means to be that character, what it means to, to embody that hidden persona of a Dark Knight. You know, the second film is he's already embodied that Dark Knight, uh, persona. He's already embodied what that means to be a a savior in the shadows, um, and it's he's trying to get out of the shadows. And then you have two characters, one like the Joker, who's not afraid to be in the shadows. He wants to come out of the shadows. He's very prominent. He's not hiding who he is. Um, so he's very much a foil to Batman. Then you have a character like Harvey Dent, who is the White Knight. He is the exact opposite of the Dark Knight. Um, that's Harvey Dent's nickname is the White Knight. Um, a lot of people think Harvey Dent is Batman because of who he is as a person. People don't assume that Bruce Wayne is Batman. They think Harvey Dent is because of the type of person that Harvey Dent is. Um, so when he becomes Two-Face, it's that foil and that plays very well off of Christian Bale's Batman. This is a very much a reserved performance for Christian Bale in terms of he's not given a ton to do. But again, I think this is a film that Heath Ledger and Aaron Eckhart shine in. Uh, the first scene, the bank scene, is oh, a true so masterclass in so what, what an opening Music. scene is. It just engages you from the beginning. It's fantastically shot. Um, just like any of these Batman films, I think Christopher Nolan reached a little bit in terms of what he can and can't do. So there are some plot holes for me. Um, but again, that you know, that's fine that's just me that doesn't mean it's i couldn't do any better obviously um you know dark knight rises was a little bit of a disappointment for me um because one because i didn't feel it gave the dark knight justice um but again dark knight when you talk about 
best comic book film adaptations all the time. Um, it's going to be number one or it's going to be at the top for most people, and rightly so. Uh, it's very different from a Marvel type of a film. Summer of 2008 was when we saw uh, Iron Man. That was Marvel's first film. Um, John Favreau was the director of Iron Man. He came out and said part of my inspiration for Iron Man was Batman Begins, telling this origin story. Um, and then obviously Marvel went a different way. Um, DC went a different way. I hinted at it before the, you know, not the curse of Nolan, but someone else kind of coined that phrase and I've kind of repeated it. Um, these film, these three films were so financially successful for the studio and so well received for the studio that it was like, this is the way to do it. This is the way to tell these characters. We're not going to be like Marvel. We're not going to have some fun team. Marvel wasn't around then. Um, when they did Dark Knight Rises, that was okay. That was it. So you know, at the end of the Dark Knight Rises 2012, um, these film, these three films had been so successful, and at that point, Marvels had the Avengers just come out, um, and it was like, well, we don't really want to do Marvel because they've already done that, um, and we've had so much success with these three Batman films. Um, this is the way to tell these stories. And I think they tried to kind of shoehorn that type of filmmaking into these other characters, and it didn't fully work for everyone. Uh, Man of Steel was a really, really, really good film. I don't want to sound negative on it. Um, Zack Snyder is not Christopher Nolan. Um, Batman v Superman has its problems in and out. Justice League doesn't know what type of film it wants to be. Wonder Woman is a very grounded character. Uh, but she also has fun. Like she, there's tons of jokes throughout Wonder Woman where she's kind of learning about the world because she's never experienced the world. She's only experienced what it's like to be on the island. Um, so she's never been around men. So there's tons of jokes throughout the film that keep it lighthearted, keep it moving. But when there's action or when there's a plot device moving forward, it becomes a very tonal film, uh, which works extremely well. Um, so again, I think it's the blessing and the curse. You, you, you know, you're never going to have, it's going to be hard to argue you're going to have a better quote unquote three film franchise or a three film saga than the Dark Knight uh, saga because it's, you're going to be hard pressed to find that because those three films together, that story told was so wonderful. It was so good. Um, having said that, are they living in that shadow still? Are they trying to now get out of that shadow? I think they are. Um, but again, this isn't meant to be a dour conversation. I think it's more of a celebration of what the Dark Knight was. I think you and I both highly regard the Dark Knight. If we had to rank our top five movies, I think, you know, you'd probably find it in your top five. It'd probably be in my top five or my top ten. Um, it's a wonder, wonderful film. Um, check it out if you haven't. Obviously, it's you know such a good film. Um, Heath Ledger obviously won the Oscar uh, for it. Anything else you want to say about Dark Knight? Or, um, we're a little hard-pressed for time, guys, so just a little couple quick things. We got a final official announcement that Bugs Land in Disney, California will close on September 4th. Um, Pixar Fest closes on September 3rd, so Bugs Land will be one extra day on September 4th. Um, great, fantastic. You know, you and I will be there during it. Not that there's something we need to check out on a Bugs Land um, my, not my query or, you know, the only other thing is they're going to 
block off the entirety of a bug's land. That means if you want to get to Guardians of the Galaxy, you got to walk all the way around Hollywood land. Right now, it's really convenient to walk through a bug's land to get through Radiator Springs and to get to Pixar Pier. Um, but I guess if they're building and they're working on it, there's not really a way around that. But we'll be able to get through that when we go. Um, they have hinted that they will, and they're going to start work on their Marvel rides right away. Um, but they will not announce what those rides are anytime soon. Uh, so my guess is at D23 next year in 2019, August 2019 is when the next D23 is. That's when they will drop a bunch of news ride details, not just for Disneyland, but for Disneyland Paris, uh, Disney Tokyo. They'll drop a whole bunch of news about that as well. These rides won't be open until 2021, uh, 2022. It takes two to three years for these things to be built, three to four years uh, for all the finishing, polishing touches on it. Um, we will go over some of the other stuff next week because I don't want to keep you guys on uh, for a long time. It was a long episode, um, as to be expected because of Comic-Con and everything that there was to cover. Um, I had a great time this week. Let us know what you guys are thinking. You guys like it. You guys don't like it. Anything we missed on Comic-Con. If you guys think we're wrong about Comic-Con, you guys think we're wrong about Dark Knight, let us know what you guys think about the Dark Knight. It's such a seminal film. It's so beloved by so many people. Um, we would love to hear what you guys thought of it, your favorite moments. Um, if you want to talk about the James Gunn situation, let us know. Uh, if you go see Mission Impossible, let us know. We will try and go check out Mission Impossible next weekend. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say to the kids at home, Joe, besides eat your Wheaties? Eat your Wheaties. All right. Uh, I tried to give you a cop out there, and you didn't take it. Um, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. It means the world to us. Um, have a great week. Be safe, and we'll see you soon. Bye, guys. Bye.